What's up, lovelies, and welcome to Talk Your Shit, Sis. This podcast is a place for women, especially my melanated queens, wanting to learn more about mental health and self-healing. Every week, I, your host, Shamika Lisette, mental health advocate and certified spiritual life coach, will be sharing tips and advice to help you begin your healing from within. If you desire to live a balanced life filled with genuine peace and happiness, then this is the place for you. Join me and my guests as we dive into topics on lifestyle, healing, and everything mental health to help you unlock that genuine love you've been searching for from within. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Talk Your Shit Sis. Now, if you've been tuned in before, you know me. And if you haven't, and this is your first time tuning into my podcast, I am your host, Shamika Lissette. Today I have a guest, um, I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself, but without further ado, if you ladies are ready, let's get into it and let's talk our shit. Okay, so please everyone go ahead and introduce yourself, <laughs> let them know any handles you want them to follow, anything like that. Okay. Hi everyone, my name is Peace, aka Piece of Pie, some people call me that. Um, I'm Shamika's friend and supporter of her podcast and everything. Um, you could find, I don't have any social media, but Snapchat. You could add me on Snapchat at 2TWO period P E A C E E E. So that's three E's. That's it. But to this episode, um, I'm going to, we are going to be talking about trauma. And ladies, you already know this is a safe space. This is a space where we could get comfortable talking about um, things like this, talking about mental health. And you know we have our little wine ready because <laughs> when I tell you we're about to get deep, like I said, this episode is going to be a trauma, about trauma. We're going to be talking about all things trauma. We're going to be talking about what is trauma, um, how to recognize when you have been traumatized by something and how to decondition yourself from the behaviors that you probably um, adopted while, um, you know, going through a traumatic experience. So, um, for me, this topic is important because I have been through some traumatic experiences in my life. I have been through... um, some things that I felt have changed me and changed the way that I have um, responded to people or you know situations in my life. So that's why I feel like this is an important topic. If you want to talk about why this is an important topic to you. Yeah, this is an important, important oh my gosh. <laughs> the wine already hitting, let me, say, let me say that. I've experienced a lot of trauma in my life as well, especially childhood trauma so yeah i'm ready to dive deep into this topic let's get into it yeah first of all i want to talk about what is trauma trauma the book definition is deeply distressing or disturbing emotional experience and the thing with trauma is it is the number one contributor to psychological issues and so to break that down into an easier definition where you can understand essentially trauma is an experience, um, something that you have gone through that has changed the way that you um, react to things around you, react to people around you. And so one thing I want to talk about before we get into this podcast, and this is important to know, this important to know that trauma is different for everybody. Not everybody experiences trauma the same. It's important to know that what 
might be traumatic for me, might not be traumatic for peace, or mm-hmm. might not be traumatic for you. Um, you might not see it as, you know, a big deal, but we must fully accept people, fully accept their traumas, fully accept the things that they say, you know, have affected them in some place, some way or another. Like P said, I have been through childhood traumas. I have been through a lot of stuff in my childhood. A lot of things that people don't necessarily know about me. And one thing, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. let me tell you. One thing people always ask me is, why don't you have a baby? Mm-hmm. Why don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're 22, you're about to be 23, why you don't have a baby? And I feel like, I don't know if that's the same for you. Yeah. But like, people ask that a lot. And for me, my answer to that is because of my trauma. Because of the things that I've been through, I know that I'm not ready to take that next step. Right. I'm not ready to you know, gain to that part of my life. I know that there's a lot of things that I have to go through that um, essentially I have to work on before I can even say that I want to bring another life into this world. Right. So I agree with Shamika. I think it's just like a foreign thing because in like, I'm African, she's um, Caribbean. Caribbean. So it's like they want you, especially in your 20s, when you're young, they want you to settle down and get married and mm-hmm. all this stuff. I don't even know about marriage because they just be popping kids uh-huh. early on without even like full on commitment and stuff. So I experienced that too. Like, where, where's your husband? Where's your kid? You go buy it for me? Like, I'm not gonna. Do you know how expensive kids are? Like, I just don't understand why it's so rushed. And then it's exciting before the kid gets here. It's once the kid here is like all them people that was pressuring you to have a baby, they're not gonna help you. They're not gonna buy diapers. So, honestly, always take your time. But yeah, I understand that pressure too. Cause I just turned 25, and by 25, you're supposed to have a lot about three kids mm. from where I'm from. So, and I don't have none. So, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> or a husband. Right. <laughs> right. But let's go back to the beginning. And when I realized that I was traumatized. Mm-hmm. So, I can honestly say that about two years ago, I went through an experience, um, and it was a breakup. And breakups can be traumatic. Yeah. You could get your heart break. Sad crying. Exactly. Snotty and, nose. <laughs> and you know the crazy part is people actually say that you feel breakups physically. Like yeah. you feel it's that like death kind of sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you feel that in your heart and it literally feels like your heart is breaking. Mm-hmm. So I me going through a breakup, me going through that period in my life, it forced me to be alone and it forced me to sit with my let's say I don't want to call them demons, but essentially my demons yeah. sit with the things that was bothering me and stuff. And so just going through that point in my life about two years ago, being alone and moving out and getting my, you know, own apartment because grown like growing up I grew up around like six siblings. I had mm-hmm. I always had a big family. It was close by proximity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I didn't feel alone because I had people in my proximity. And I feel like I transferred that to my relationship because it was like, I was so afraid of being alone. Right. I was so afraid of... Was it like attachment, you mm-hmm. think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was attached to that person. And so when that was taken, or I want to say it was taken from me, but when that left my life it was like it forced me to sit down and realize like girl you got some shit yeah (laughs) you got some shit you need to go through and so 
as um thinking about all this stuff and thinking about you know everything and what it is that I needed to work on, I start to realize my self doubt. That mm. was a big big thing. Was my self doubt. I doubted my ability to trust my gut. I doubted my ability to trust myself, trust my emotions, to even trust people. And another thing I would say is um, I was so afraid to open up. Right. Trust me. Yeah. If you know me now and you know me two years ago, you know that I was not very, I was not a person who would open up to people. I never, you know, believe in talking. I never believe in talking about my emotions. Mm-hmm. I always believed in keeping them battled in. And so um, even things like growing up as a um, child, um, growing up with six kids, my mother was young. She was very young when she had us. Um, I think she had me at, she got pregnant with me at like 15, had me at 16. And, you know, she had six kids. So it was like a baby mm-hmm. raising a baby. Right. And so we didn't have the most, the best of things. We didn't have everything that, you know, my friends had or stuff like that. So it kind of like, it led to people bullying me in school. And that honestly led to trauma because it was like, that led to me doubting myself it led to my insecurities um it led to all of that and even just some of the stuff that i noticed like that i've been through like hypersexuality um insecurity self-doubt anxiety depression all of that and i'm taking all of this in and understanding and it's like i was just thinking like oh my gosh (laughs) Where do I even start? Yeah. Where do I even, you know, where do I even get into it? Um, that's where I would say was my first time that I realized that I was traumatized by mm-hmm. a lot that I have gone through. So my question to you is, when did you realize that you was traumatized or that you had things that you wanted to work on? Um, I would say the first time was like my anger I used to have really bad anger issues. Like, every little thing was tick me off. Like, everything, whether it's my family saying something to me, my mom asking me to do something. If I'm working somewhere, my boss says something, and I feel yeah. like her tone's off, I'm getting mad. And I had, like, a short temper as a kid. And I think it affected, like, one of my relationships, and I realized, okay. Like, I feel like, I don't know, you just have to sometimes do the work and sit by yourself and realize okay i have a problem with this i have a problem with this but why do i have a problem with that and you go back to your childhood and i realize it's because like me growing up i didn't have the family dynamic to talk to my mom or my siblings about my problems like if i'm mad why am i mad i can't tell them if i'm sad anything or if i have a problem in school someone's bothering me or or whatever i never had that dynamic to just talk to them so with that i just bottled everything up so anytime somebody i feel like somebody was trying to pick on me that's when i would just always blow up on people and when it started affecting my last relationship i realized i have to do the work because Mm -hmm. it was it was very bad like i don't want to say toxic because everybody says that but it was pretty much toxic like every little thing this person did pissed me off basically so you know what's crazy that you said out mm-hmm. because that's something that i went through too and i feel like that is a big response that a lot of people go through they go through that irritation phase yeah. that angry phase because and for me just based off of my journey and understanding my irritation and my anger i would say it was like 
you was going through so much and you was traumatized and like you said you couldn't go to your parents for that stuff mm -hmm. and for me it was the same way don't get me wrong i love my mother but our relationship was never the type of relationship where i felt comfortable like hey ma you know this person yeah. bullying me or you know this person this happened at school yeah, or this happened at work yeah so it's like emotions you battle up and essentially it turns into that irritation and now you mad at the wall you mad at you know whatever it is you matter and you're taking out that anger and i feel like a lot of women black women a lot of black women go through that mm -hmm. we and then we get what? and then we get labeled angry black women exactly exactly <laughs> that's what we get labeled as exactly we get labeled as the angry black woman and it's like Really, all it takes is somebody to ask you what's, what's wrong. wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. all you're looking for. Do you need what's help wrong? or mm -hmm. anything? Like, what can I do? Yeah. Acknowledge my feelings. Acknowledge my emotions. And as a little girl, that could do a lot to you. When you acknowledge somebody's feelings, acknowledge their emotions, you know. Um, because, honestly, I feel like that is our way of telling the world that something's wrong. Yeah. Because I can't just come up to you and tell you that something's wrong. So I'm going to show you that something's wrong. Yeah, because you're not used to it. Like, mm -hmm. you didn't have that with your family. Exactly. That, I would say, is uh, a big issue with black girls growing up. And a big issue with the relationship dynamic between a mother and a daughter um, of people in the black community. Oh, don't even <laughs> get me started on that. I'm going to say this. But some black women treat their sons better than their daughters. It's like... I don't know if it's internal jealousy or what, but they treat their daughters like slaves, like competition, but their sons, they treat them like kings. They don't even direct, especially single black moms, they don't even direct yes. them to Ooh. be a better man. And then they grow up thinking they can do whatever they want with women while their daughters were taking care of the sons, the moms, the mom, other kids, like everything. I feel like people need to get into that. Period. And you know, now that you're saying that, like even taking care of, like your kids, like taking care of people. Because I had to do that. Mm -hmm. And I had to do that too. Yeah. Like, And I tell everybody, like people look at me in disbelief when I said this, but I was eight years old when I learned to cook, mm -hmm. when I learned to take care of myself. And my mother have went through her own traumatic experiences. So growing up, I'm not even going to lie to you, I was very resentful. Mm -hmm. I was very resentful towards her and resentful to the fact that hey, aren't you paying attention to me yeah why aren't you noticing me you know what i'm saying i wanted that validation i wanted that confirmation from her that mm -hmm. she wasn't giving to me growing up that made me really resentful it made me um start to think like you don't love me you know yeah. what I'm saying? you i don't feel that love from you and then it was like my my father he didn't have time well i feel like he didn't have time to actually pay attention to me and mm -hmm. notice me and stuff like that so it was like my mother was the next step and she was the person you that i looked to yeah. like you know that i that i wanted to get a validation from and she wasn't giving that to me so it was like growing up i became very resentful to that i became very resentful to the fact that she didn't pay attention to my needs and, i felt that too with my mom mm -hmm. and it's like when you feel that way, you start to externalize your needs. You start to look for that needs. And it might be like a relationship or mm -hmm. your friends or right. you fall into peer pressure and all of that. And I noticed that about myself. I start to internalize that love that I was looking for from my mom into other people, into men. Into niggas. Ooh! 
not not even men into niggas because <laughs> niggas and men are two different things i say that, this all the time that's true that is true and i start to look for that into yeah. uh, into those people and i start to look for that love into um from those people and it was like recently i really sat down with myself and i asked myself what it is i really was looking for you know Mm -hmm. and in order to do that i had to understand my parents trauma right i had to understand what they went through and growing up i was resentful now i wouldn't say i'm resentful you're more understanding yeah i'm understanding to it um i understand that you went through something and i understand that you was essentially a baby raising a baby so i can't feel no type of way about that but now as an adult, if you still act in the same way, you know what I'm saying? You still doing the same behavior. Snip, snip. Because come on now. Yeah. You're grown. Yeah. And I could sit here and grow up and I know my toxic traits. I know my trauma traits. And I know that I need to do something to heal it. Why can't you do the same? Right. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's what ruins a lot of the dynamics between a black mom and a black um, daughter because it's like, we look for our validation in other people and because we're not getting it from her mm-hmm. we become resentful towards her when in reality it boils down to deeper Deep, than that yeah. you know what i'm saying and to add to that with my mom it was more because she was a single mom because my dad had passed away and whatnot but i it was got to the point where i was like had a hatred towards her like now i've been resentment but hatred like i did not like my mom like a lot of people don't know that but i did not like my mom because it's like why it got to the point where i was asking myself at a young age why did you even have me like mind you she's working hard she was a single parent she's working hard she had four kids here in america she still have kids in africa so it was like i wasn't looking at that though your mom was raised in africa yeah, we was all born in Africa. Okay, and then mm-hmm. you moved here. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So she took four of her kids. She still has four back home, but she took four of her kids that she could hear. And it was like, I didn't see her struggling. Like, all I saw was, okay, my friends, they have two parents. They're able to buy the newest phones, the newest clothes. But I only have one parent with one income. Mm-hmm. I can't get the newest things. Why? That's not fair, you know? So I started, like, looking at And then when I would get in trouble in school, because I didn't have a um, open, like, dialogue with my mom, I would take out my anger at school and stuff, and they would call her, and she would always believe the teachers. It's like, she didn't know better. It's like, you come to America. I had to look at her as a person instead of a parent. Because she was raised a certain way back home. Like, you come here, and you're still in the foreign mindset so i get that but i had to get that now (laughs) like recently instead of but i went throughout my whole childhood middle school high school just thinking that way like damn like why was i why was i even born if you can't even take time to talk to your kids and get to know them and stuff so now that you said that that you was you know you didn't like her in the beginning and now as an adult you're realizing that what would you say um helped you to so like what would you say would be something that would have helped you when you was younger so like say if your mother come to you what would you say is something that she would have done for you would have helped you to get to the understanding Mm -hmm. where you are now like back then honestly just listen to me okay like just talk to me and find out like what's wrong let me cry to you i 
I recently started crying to my mom for real because I recently start when I would be sad I would go punch something I would fight other kids at school I would not cry to her like I didn't have open arms with my mom and that's because now that I'm thinking about is because she had other kids to raise like she had other stuff she's working hard for all of her kids and she is one income like I said so it's like it's stressful on her but again I as a child you're not thinking about that this like you're my mom you're supposed to do this so just listen to me be there for me and just like hold me in a sense like you know because you said I like that just give me goosebumps because <laughs> that's the main thing and I love that you said that because it's like that's all we want it's right. for you to listen and okay so for me I'm gonna get deep y'all I'm gonna get really <laughs> deep here so for me, when I have first get my menstrual cycle, right? Mm -hmm. My mother was not the first person I told. I didn't mm -hmm. even tell anybody. Yeah, I told my best friend. When I had first get my menstrual cycle, I didn't go to my mother. I literally just went in her room and took the supplies that I knew I needed mm -hmm. because I knew that this was something that I had to do. But I didn't feel comfortable going to her about it because it was like, at the time, how I was looking at it was... I can't even cry to you. I can't. Even, yeah. You don't even hold me. I can't even come to you when I'm feeling something. So why would I come to you about something that big? You're not gonna. Did she teach it. you about it though? So honestly, my mother didn't find out I had my period until a year later. Mm -hmm. I remember when she first found out. I had went to the beach and um, I went to the beach with my brother. We walked to the beach and stuff. And then when we come back home. No, I ended up having to walk back, but I didn't want to tell him why I didn't want to go in the water and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I ended up walking back home and she was like mad at me, like, why you walk home? You know, you walk home by yourself. You was a girl, yada, yada, yada. And that's when I just tell her, like, you have a pad. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have the supplies that right. I need. And so she was like, why? And then I tell her. And even though she gave me like the things that i needed at a time she didn't we didn't really talk about yeah what it was and stuff like that i didn't feel like i could go to her for these important moments like and girls supposed to go to the mom yeah. like sex the period talk everything like the type of guys you should avoid i didn't get another that I, I literally had a navigate life through my own experience mm -hmm. and why i liked and why i didn't like when yeah. it came to men and I feel like that conditions you to, I don't want to say make bad decisions. I do. Because <laughs> that, that sets you up for failure. If it you does. don't, yeah, it if does. you don't talk to it your does. daughter, daughter, and especially because you went through the experience, whether it's back home or in America, you went through the experience about abusive relationships or a man not, a man not treating you good. Like, in sex. Like, you have sex. That's why I'm here. So if you can't have that dialogue with your daughter and she has to grow up, experiencing it herself she's gonna come across bad men yeah, you know bad exactly. situations so like you said it makes you make bad decisions mm -hmm. but it's like like i said i have nothing now i could fully sit with myself and understand why my mother went through the stuff she went right. through and why she treats us the way she treat us but as a child it was really traumatizing yeah it was really traumatizing because it was like there was no answers too yeah. like yeah and i felt unloved i felt like i couldn't go to her and so me okay so i was um what i think i was 17 mm -hmm. when i decided that i needed to go see a therapist and it was because it was times where i would lock myself in my room i would be in my room all day every day i would probably come out to get something to eat and i would go right back in my room and i would just lay in bed and watch binge watch tv over and over and over same episodes over and over and over again 
And my mother, she seen it as I was being closed off mm-hmm. or I was being, um, I didn't want to be around them. But in reality, or rude. Yeah. yeah. I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I was depressed. And I didn't know how to say that because I didn't know what depression was. Yeah, but yeah, same. It's like for her, she went through the same thing. She went through her own, and I'm not going to speak on her trauma because that's her story to tell, mm-hmm. but she went through her own trauma with men, with abusive relationships, with not having a relationship with her own mother and her own family, and I right. feel like in like to be a parent, you need to address these things. Yeah. You need to get deeper into that because... And that leads back to why I don't have kids. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people do mm-hmm. need to think about that before. It's not just popping kids out. Exactly. It's literally, you have to care for the child. Not even just feeding it or clothing. No, you have to emotionally be there for a child because they need that, especially at a young age. Because yes. it care, it travels with them to adulthood. Ooh. That's why we have a lot of fucked up people in the world now. Mm-hmm. Because their childhood was trash. Yeah, exactly. It, it do carry along in a childhood and, or into your adulthood. Right. And a lot of people make excuses for that. They're like, well, this is just who I am or something. No, baby, you traumatized. Yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> much so. <laughs> you got some shit you need to Right. <laughs> but it's like, um, it carries to adulthood. And one thing I would say that, um, so this was something that forever stayed with me. Um, my mother, she went through depression. She went through, um, manic episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, there was times where she had her high highs where, you know, she was good and everything was times where she had her low lows where, you know, she wouldn't do anything. She wouldn't get out of bed. She wouldn't eat. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't. So it was like me as an eight year old, I had to learn how to fend for myself. I had to learn how to cook. I had to learn how to, you know, and be a woman by yourself. When I, okay, so I feel like we probably have different depictions of it. Because my mother probably see it differently than I did. But this is my depiction of it. I feel like I had to be the mother to my mother. Yeah. I, and that's what my therapist had told me once was, you were the mom now. You taking care of her. You being responsible. And it was like, I had to learn stuff like, you know, washing my own school uniform. Because mm-hmm. back then we used to wear school uniform in like elementary and stuff. Yeah. And so I had to learn how to wash my own school uniform. I had to learn how to teach. You know, I had to learn math to make sure my siblings know their homework. I had you to. You were literally the parent. Exactly. And it comes to the point where I was even signing my own permission. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I was signing my own detention form. I did that. Not because my mom was on her bullshit but i did that so i didn't get in trouble <laughs> i signed plenty of the detention slips <laughs> but it was like it teaches you how to grow up faster than you actually need to grow up and that's a lot of thing like we see that a lot in black the girls. black community mm-hmm. we see that a lot especially in black girls then they call them fast mm-hmm. mind you the mom wasn't there to slow them down exactly like, mm-hmm. you didn't teach me that you yeah. didn't teach me how to slow down you didn't teach me and especially one thing i would say was my mother was quick to believe other people over me mm-hmm. like yes if, like if I said something and they said something, it was their word over mine. Right. I'm your kid. I'm your seed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Granted, sometimes kids lie, but come on now. Um, that really get me to into where I didn't trust her. Yeah. I didn't trust her because it was like, you don't trust me. Right. So why should I have that trust for you? 
And so just seeing my mama go through all those stuff, like suicidal um, thoughts, um, you know, going through being in like um, in the hospital for like a mental and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it really, um, it really does something to you. Mm-hmm. And so it really conditioned me to grow up faster than I wanted to. And even things, simple things like going to the school dance. I didn't go to the school dance because I felt like I don't need to go to that dance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I was damn near an adult. Why yeah, you're too grown for it. Yeah. yeah. And um, things like walking. I had my first job at 15 because mm-hmm. I felt like I had to provide for myself. Yeah. Then by 16, I had two jobs because I still felt like hard worker. <laughs> I still felt like, you know, I had to provide. And it was little things like sometimes um, my mother wouldn't have the stamina to get up and go to work. So it was things like worrying about whether we have something to eat, right. worrying about if the landlord going to come and tell us we have 30 days to get out, worrying mm-hmm. about whether the light going to get turned off, all of that. And so that brought me anxiety when mm. i tell you that brought me so much anxiety because i was so anxious all the time anxious about when the rug gonna be pulled from under right. my foot and it was no stability in that and so now that we get into like um the mind and the brain so i want to talk about a little bit about your body responses to trauma and let me know if you ever feel like any of this but so first of all when the body responds to trauma, mm-hmm. the first thing that happens is adrenaline. You feel a sense of, um, you feel a rush. You feel that adrenaline. And so adrenaline is basically a hormone released by the brain um, to signal to the amygdala that, yo, something is going on. Something mm-hmm. ain't right here. And so eventually, once those hormones get released, the amygdala picks up on that and then it's um fight or flight mode. And so... Um, once that fight or flight mode is, um, what do you call it? So the amygdala is basically the storing or, um, events through mm-hmm. your life, right? So, um, once those hormones is released and it, it triggers the amygdala, the amygdala snaps that moment into place. So say for instance, um, you was making coffee and you get burned by the coffee. Um, now your adrenaline is released because you're feeling that pain and then your amygdala instantly that you felt before. Mm-hmm, okay. snaps that mm-hmm. and so you always go back to that place of anxiety or wherever you felt in that moment of that it signals your fight or flight mode and in your flight or fight mode um it signals things like irritation um anxiety depression so what would you say was some of your responses to trauma what would you say is some of the things that um how you acted towards trauma Mm, I would say one would be avoidance. Like, if it reminded me of something in my past or childhood, I will try to avoid it, but the biggest one would be frustration. Mm-hmm. Like, I will be pissed. Like, if, especially, I will get mad and then act out on the madness and then later on feel bad and then I'll think about what happened mm-hmm. and how it relate to something in my childhood. Yeah. So just, like, frustrations. And when I get anxiety i get hot like my heart starts racing after my throat closing up Mm -hmm. so and i would say in school like you know how they go around popcorn read and stuff i would be so scared when it was almost my time to answer anything like my throat was always dry for some reason and it went back to me not being hurt at home like i didn't talk 
to my mom at home. I would be in my room watching TV or whatever just to avoid her knowing that we won't we wouldn't be able to have a conversation about what happened in school and how was your day and anything. So I was just used to being closed off in that aspect. So when I went to school and we had to read out loud, that triggered me. Like, it was yeah. like, damn, I'm not used to talking in front yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, mine was similar to that, but it was more of like speaking. Like, it when it was time for me to speak in front of people, a, I was closed off. Like, my palms would get really sweaty. Mm-hmm. I would start shaking. I would start stuttering. And I didn't know how to talk to people. So um, that leads back to, like, the communication. I didn't know how to talk to my own mother. So it was like um, I was closed off to what communication really was. Right. And growing up, um, my mother was a victim of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And, my mom, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that my whole life. Like, for as long as I could remember, I watched my mom um, being abused both mentally and physically and emotionally too. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so, how do I want to say this? So, everybody else in her life basically closed her off. Like, you choosing to go through this, that's your business. You know yeah, what I'm saying? that's common. But mm-hmm. for me, it was like, I had to watch that. I had to really um, see my mother go through that. And... It was like, I kind of understand why people would feel that way. Like, you know, you choosing to... And keep going back. Yeah. But then at the same time, it was for me, it was like, this is my mother. At the end of the day, I'm, I can't abandon you. You know right. what I'm saying? Even though I felt abandoned, I can't abandon you. I, I can't, you know, just leave you high and dry. So that, just seeing um, that abuse that my mother went through, it was like it conditioned me to believe that I wasn't worthy because she didn't seem like she was yeah. like she, that she was worthy because she kept going back and mm-hmm. she kept and uh, that honestly get me into reading I was such a reader because, I love reading oh my too. gosh because it's like when you read I would get into the book yeah it's and, an escape a mind escape yeah mm-hmm. I love reading too and it was like for me forming a picture a movie in my own mind where I didn't have to be in my own life right and then I feel like um, because of that, my mother put a high standard on me. She put that standard on me where it was like, I want you to graduate. I want you to get an education. Mm-hmm. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. But then it was like, for me, it was a lot because I was like, okay, you want me to do all this stuff, but I'm not getting the support that I need. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't look at it as I was achieving in school because I wanted to. I was achieving because that's what I had to do. I had yeah. to be the first girl to graduate high school. I had to be the first girl to graduate college. Right. I had to. And then it puts you in a place where you be doing shit you don't even want yeah, to do. Yeah, it doesn't fulfill you. Yeah, because it's like, that's what I feel like I have to do. So um, that, honestly, I would say was a very traumatic experience to me was um, seeing my mom go through domestic violence. And a lot of people don't understand that they're not the only one going through it. It affects everybody involved, yeah. Everybody. And I feel like that, I'm not even going to lie, a lot of that affect the relationship that I even have with my own siblings. Mm -hmm. Because we're not as close as I would like us to be. You know what I'm saying? It's like we, we learn from our parents that separation, that detachment, so it was like we granted we was closer growing up and stuff, right. but it was like 
now as adults we we didn't really talk about that we didn't really talk about the shit that we went through Mm -hmm. you know like it it will i want to get to a point where i could go to to my sister and say the shit that mommy went through how did i mess with you you know what i'm saying and so it really um it really messes with the whole family dynamic because when okay one thing i would say is trauma leads to secrets Mm-hmm. Trauma leads to because it's like as this stuff going on at home, you're not telling anybody at school. Yeah. You don't tell. You know what I'm saying. You don't have the proper channel to go through. So it's like you keeping these things bottled up and you keeping them um, inside. Yeah. And and then a lot of kid, a lot of people like in school is like, oh, that kid is just a bad kid. You know, yeah. Gonna, but in reality, is like all they want you to ask is because honestly, for me. I was never a, a, a um, kid to act out in school. Granted, at home, like, I would get my little attitudes and my little temper tantrums. But all I wanted was some, for somebody to ask me what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, why, yeah. why it is. Um, and then um, you couldn't tell them because it was, like, the secret part. Exactly. Yeah. It's like we keep secrets. And that's a, one thing about black people. Like, black families. Fam- their family secrets is disgusting. Ooh. If you ever yes. get deep into it, like, when you turn to adults, some people I've heard... They finally hear about their um, family secrets, how their uncle was a perv and all this stuff. And it's like, why are y'all holding that in? Like, as a family, wouldn't that be something to discuss? Like, I just don't understand that. And you see, honestly, um, I went through that in my own. Like, I Mm. went through that in my own life where, okay, so... Um, I was sexually assaulted mm-hmm. at a young age, um, and I was sexually assaulted on multiple occasions from the age of, I would probably say, as far as I can remember, from the age of about nine till about, I would say, probably like 12. Mm-hmm. And so then I thought by moving in with another family member, that would solve the problem, right. but then it just happened again. And so I kept that secret for a long time. Mm-hmm. I kept that to myself i didn't tell no friends i didn't tell no family i didn't tell nobody i kept that to myself and so then that's when i ended up getting into the relationship and i was like um and i didn't even tell him mm-hmm. he was just around me when i was around my family and he kind of like get a gist of how i was acting and he was like why are you acting yeah. like that? you know what i'm saying something going on it's something deeper and so that's when i finally tell him and um after i tell him he was like i could um, kind of tell because just the way that you move the, yeah. and stuff like that and so then he kind of like pushed me to talk to my family and tell them what was going on and so then that's when I make the decision to finally tell my mother she was the first person that I told outside of him and outside of my therapist that's mm-hmm. why I decided to even go to a therapist in the first place um she was the first person that I told and you know what's crazy me telling what happened to me I thought that it, I don't even know what I expected from it. Like, I guess, like, I expected them to acknowledge me and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in turn, I was acknowledged, but it caused a ripple effect. Yeah. And I tell you that, open up, call, tell a secret. Yeah. Like, it, that's when it's not coming out, oh, this happened to me too. Yeah. This and they've been holding too. on to that. And I'm like, hold on. <laughs> so if this happened to you and this happened to your mother and your mother, mother, why yeah. the hell? Yeah. yeah. You know Having your um, daughters around the same person that did exactly. stuff to you is like, exactly. you don't think that's gonna happen exactly. again? Like, exactly. And it, we, and as like 
black families they keep the perpetrators like they put them in the family yes and they keep them in the family and it's like if that happened to me and that happened to her and that happened to her don't you think it's gonna keep going on you know what i'm saying and we don't pay attention to that we don't pay attention to the fact that secrets can really destroy a lot secret Mm -hmm. can really secrets i don't like secrets (laughs) let's just say that i don't like secrets to um comment on that i feel like a lot of black women because we just talked about trauma and how we went through some trauma and a lot of other black women went through the same or not maybe worse trauma they grow up and they don't do the work so they end up in the roles as your um family members that think it's okay to keep a predator because i i have some of them women in my family too like they they know somebody's does stuff with kids and they don't say anything and it's yeah. like out of fear or they're traumatized about the from the same person of somebody in their family yeah. and i just feel like it's do the work like it's i don't want to say we can't blame them because wrong is wrong like yeah just because you're traumatized doesn't mean shit you still know what's wrong and what's right exactly. but i feel like that's where it comes from a lot of black women are traumatized so they do go into like if they see their uh, mom getting abused they take that as love because they're staying in and then they get into it with another man that uh abuses them Mm -hmm. and then it travels on down to their kids and then the kids get it's just a whole cycle honestly that's why i feel like a lot of black women specifically need therapy like real life good therapy i love that you said that because one thing about the black community Therapy is a stigma, mm-hmm. a big stigma. And so, first of all, let me ask you, what do you think um, therapy, like, what's therapy to you? What do you think therapy provides you? To me, therapy provides me a peace of mind. Like, it's not so much someone listening to me. That's one thing. But also, I'm, in a sense, talking to myself. Like, I'm doing my shadow work. I'm thinking about my past trauma and what I've been through in life. And yes, it's somebody across the room listening to me and writing it down, but it's still like my work. Like I'm doing it for myself. Like yeah. I would say a peace of mind. Okay. I, li- I like that you said peace of mind. Um, Cause I never really think of it like that. I feel like for me growing up therapy was, I was a stigma. I, everybody like I would, I was here. A lot of people around me, like, you know, friends or family. I don't need to talk to anybody. Like they don't need to know my business. Mm-hmm. They don't even know me. That's it's the, the secrecy point. thing, yeah. That's the point. They don't know you. They don't know, you know, your family dynamics. They don't They don't have a, what's the word, a bias mm-hmm. towards what you have going on. And so um, a lot of um, black people feel like therapy is not, you know, for them. One book that I actually, I'm just finishing up reading, um, it's called Black Mental Health Matters. Mm-hmm. And, so and it does. It, it really does, guys. It really does. We'll get therapy if you need it, please. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's called Black um, Mental Health Matters. And the reason I love this book is, first off, it's written by a black author. Mm-hmm. He's a therapist. And he um, explains therapy. He explains trauma. He explains... Um, what you call it um mental illnesses in a way that is dumbed down i don't want to say dumb like you know what i'm saying but it's dumbed down to the um population where i can't understand it, it yeah, yeah and i can understand it and um he also uses statistics and stuff so he shows how 
this is a correlation that's happening now. It's happening in our community now. This right. isn't something that's just, you know, that's that's just starting. This been happening. And it's like when you grow up in a black community, you you don't hear a lot of people saying therapy. First they don't. Of all, people saying to talk to your friends, to talk to your family. A lot of people was like, oh, I don't need to vent. I don't need to. They don't believe in mental health, like or mental illness. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, they don't. They think you acting out. Oh, that child is bad. Exactly. What's the? They don't try to get to the root, and that's why I feel like white people. This is a whole another topic, but white people can get ahead because they. Their family, they, some of them, their family, like, invest in that. Making sure their child's straight. Because, okay, you got to run this business when I pass or when I get old. So, you're going to get your mind right. But black people, is just like, they stay stagnant sometimes. Especially yeah. when it comes to mental health and mental illness. Because a, a lot of these kids, me specifically, like, I had a really bad anger problem. And, yes, I thought it was just for my mom, but, like, now when I got older and I uh, went to see a psychiatrist and got diagnosed, come to find out I am bipolar. I do have a, she said something about disruptive, something disorder or syndrome where, like, I get mad too Mm -hmm. quick or whatever. I've been on pills. I've done the work and everything, and it's just, like damn where would where would i be in life if my mom wouldn't notice like okay something's wrong with my child Mm -hmm. and got me the help as a kid what would you say was your motivator to even go to therapy like what made you think like okay i gotta go to therapy i didn't like how i was i don't i didn't like how i was treating the people close to me and i didn't like how i was treating myself okay like i was really bad to myself and the people i love so what age did you realize that you had to go to therapy 20, 20? Oh, yeah because i was stuck in my ways for a long time adult. yeah an and that's sad an established life granted is not you know establishing a way that a healthy way but mm-hmm. you already have an established life so it's like when you add therapy to the mix it's like you starting over mm-hmm. basically you understanding that you have to start over you have to you know do all of this so my question is what would you say um, about therapy was the most transforming for you? See, I never got into therapy. Okay. I went, I saw after it. Like, I try to get a therapist, but they be acting bougie. They don't want to take new clients, none of that. So, my way of trying to get therapy was just talking to a psychiatrist. Okay. And for the most part, you just tell them your symptoms, how you feel. They talk about your childhood, and then they give you pills. Okay. That was my line of getting help. I, I'm still actively looking for a therapist, but it, it is hard sometimes to get into the therapy spot. I love that you said that it's hard to get into the therapy spot. Because, okay, so one thing about therapy, therapy is like anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Therapy is like a job. Therapy is like... Anything else in your life, if you don't like that person that you're talking to, you have the ability to change that. Yeah. You have the ability to pick who you want to. And one thing I feel like is important is we need more black therapists. Yes. Willing to, you know, take those news clients and take those. And in the black community, we don't have those resources because we don't even talk about therapy. So it's mm-hmm. like once I, for me, I did both. Um, I started off actually with... Um, I didn't go to a psychiatrist, but I just talked to my, I talked to my general practitioner Mm -hmm. and I just told him, and I didn't even tell him my symptoms to say that I was going there for that. I was probably going for something else, but do you know that questionnaire that they ask you like, how um, are you feeling today? Yeah. 
And so I was just answering those questions truthfully. And he was just like... Because um, some of y'all be lying. <laughs> yes. That's another thing. Do not lie to your doctor. Do For real. Your therapist, do not lie. Because you thinking that you lying or you thinking that you lying to protect yourself when in reality you harming yourself. Yeah, because they can help you out with a lot of stuff. They can't help you if they don't know. So do not lie to your doctor. Especially especially someone that you trust. Like if this is like a routine doctor that you go to all the time and you actually feel comfortable with them. If they're asking you, are you feeling sad today? And you know you just cried in your car. Exactly. Let them know. Exactly, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was like for me, when I was growing up, I always used to, and that's because, like, my mother used to come to doctor's appointment with me, so mm-hmm. I didn't want her to know. Yeah, I was the same way, yeah. I didn't want her to know that I was going through shit, so it was like, I lied about that, but then when it when it comes to where I, w- I could go to my own doctor's appointment by myself, I was like, yeah, I gotta tell them the truth. Yeah. So that's when I started telling him, like, how I was really feeling and stuff, and he was like, yeah, you probably should talk to somebody about that. And so then I ended up getting a medication. And for me, I feel like, like I said, therapy is not a one-stop shop. Everybody don't get the same thing from therapy. Everybody don't get the same thing from medication. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, he started me on medication. And I probably tried, like, I would say four different medications Mm -hmm. before I realized that it's probably not for me. And just because, like, the first medication I was on, um, he... Or it made me feel, um, like, very tired. Mm-hmm. Then the second medication I was on, it made me feel too active where I couldn't go to sleep. And then I kept trying and I kept trying until the last one. I felt so numb that right. I was like, now I'm not sad. I'm not happy, but I'm numb. I don't yeah. feel nothing. I think I know which one. Thou shall not be named, but okay. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so numb, so that's when I decided that maybe th- or maybe medication was just not for me. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me go to a different route. Let me try actually therapy. Right? Yeah. So I ended up getting into therapy. My first therapist was a male, and I could not relate to him because, like I said, was he white? Yes, that mm-hmm. one was the first thing, and two was because he was a male. I wanted to talk about my sexual yeah. trauma, and I didn't feel comfortable talking about that to a male. Right. I didn't feel comfortable opening up to him because, you know, it, it happened to me by a male, so I don't feel comfortable. So Biased or something. Um, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up, um, I stopped going to him. I, I just stopped going to him. I stopped going to therapy for a while, and I probably did like two sessions with him. And then I stopped going to therapy for a while until the females start coming back again. Mm-hmm. I was irritated. And I would always get, like, people would always ask me, like, around me, like, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. why are you so mad? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get mad so easily. And I would get mad because yeah. they telling me that, like, bro, no. Because what are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm not. Like, and so it was like, so then I said, okay, let me go to therapy again. And I did another therapist. And this one was through my high school. Um, it was a free, like, free therapy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up signing up for that. And um, I went to talk with her. And she was, like, an older white lady. And I still didn't feel comfortable. Because I was like, you don't understand me. Yeah. You, understand? you don't understand the dynamics of a black family. So how can you tell me how to deal with it if yeah. you don't even understand it yourself? Right. And so I ended up stopped going to her too. And then around, like, I would say probably, like, 18, 19, I said, let me try this again. <laughs> 
So I ended up finding another therapist, and this one, she was white, um, she was middle-aged and stuff, and she was, I feel like with her, she had a good approach because um, she didn't make me feel uncomfortable. Like, she listened to me, and she let me explain what I was feeling, mm -hmm. but one thing I did that I would say was probably something I shouldn't have done was after a, like a couple sessions and I felt like I had a breakthrough I didn't need to go yeah that's and a lot of people yeah <laughs> it's like that that's not how therapy works because you're feeling the highs of the highs yeah, yeah. and then now I'm like oh I don't need to go anymore mm -hmm. so I would stop going to my appointments I would miss some appointments and it even come where sometimes I'm depressed I would and I wouldn't go to my appointments because I was depressed so mm -hmm. it was like I feel like if I had that support system in my family pushing me, like, come on, you need to go to therapy. You need to get up and go to your appointment. Get help, I yeah. I've been going to my appointments and stuff. But she was very helpful. She listened to me. She gave me homework. You know, she told me stuff to do at home and stuff. And that's when I realized that, you know, therapy might just be the route for yeah. me. So that's when I started off in college. And I did my first two years in college. I was in a relationship. So instead of going to therapy and dealing with the shit that I had to deal with, I put that shit on my relationship. I put it... You were telling him stuff. Yes, yeah. I was telling him. I'm like, oh, I need to tell a therapist this because I have him. He's yeah. my therapist. And I feel like that's what honestly messed... That's what a lot with a relationship because it was like... He was young as hell, too. Yeah. He was probably 18. I was 19. He didn't know what the hell he yeah, was Yeah, how much advice can he, you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah. And the things that I was going through, he could just give me advice based off of what he knew, which was very limited. You right. Know what I'm saying? If he didn't go through depression and stuff, he couldn't tell me that I was depressed. Yeah. Um, um, so I ended up going to my free counselor um, at school, and I just talked to her, and... She was just, like, telling me, like, it's a lot of shit that you're not telling me. And um, one thing she mentioned that really sat with me was I would go to therapy just to say I'm going to therapy. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't actually be doing the, the work. work. Yeah. I wouldn't be talking to her. I wouldn't be telling her. She's like, come on now. You're not opening up to me. You're not telling me. You tell me what I want here. Yeah. You're not telling me what you need to be talking about and stuff. So it was like... um that was something that I had to sit with, that therapy was not just me going for her to give me the validation that I was looking for. Yeah. I had to do the work. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, I was, honestly, my mother, she was going to therapy for a little bit, but it was the same thing. She'd be on and off, on and off. She would go to therapy, she would leave therapy. So, that was kind of like my perception of therapy. Yeah. You only That's what you do, yeah. Therapy. You only need it for a short amount of time. And so I feel like that um, changed my perspective on therapy. She really changed my perspective on actually doing the work and going to therapy with the intention to do the work. Because yeah. it's like, what are you going to therapy for if you're not going to do the work? You know right. what I'm saying? And um, that's something we don't talk about a lot um, is we don't talk about the fact that therapy is needed. Even as a child. like Yeah. And especially in... People who grew up in, like, violent situations. People or traumatized from, like, abuse and stuff, and, yeah. Um, growing up in, like, bad neighborhoods, like, um, around, like, you know... Sirens, police yeah. scene, mm -hmm. people get shot, like... Exactly, mm -hmm. and all of that can affect you as a kid. All of that 
really has um a hold on you and people don't understand that this can really change the mental of a child it can really affect the way that they move the way that they think and then it's like when you see that ch- that kid at school um acting yep. out you think they're shut oh, yeah oh you just at class come. and teachers too they don't do the work with bad quote-unquote bad kids because i was a quote-unquote bad kid and i say this all the time in school settings i went to a public school i also went to a charter school but public school specifically in school settings if the teachers gather up together and be like oh i had peace and she gave me trouble da, da, da. bad teachers are gonna have that perception of that student like okay they're not gonna try their hardest or to try to teach you yeah. and try to understand why is she acting out? Why is she being bad? Why is she not listening to the lesson plan? They're going to, bad teachers are going to come together and just have that same notation on how to treat that child. And I've dealt with them. I had good teachers that actually wanted to know what was going on. They asked me about my home life and everything because they genuinely cared. And then I had teachers that would pick on me, honestly pick on me. If, if me and my friends were talking I would get in trouble. Yeah. Then they'll, they'll have my mom on speed. I'll always call them. So I agree with like kids. If your child's getting in trouble in school, don't always take the teacher's side because that's what my mom used to do. But again, she's a foreign parent. They don't, that's authority to her, you know? Yeah. So whatever the teacher said would go, exactly. but that's something I wouldn't even do with my child. Like I would ask my child and come to them and be like, did you do this? What's going on? Like, are you okay? Not take the teacher's side and yell at them. You already got yelled at in school. Now you coming home and getting yelled at that affects a child it could be even stuff at school that's affecting you and teachers don't notice or even parents some parents don't like take the time to figure out what's going on in your school life Mm -hmm. it's really important to understand how your kid is doing in school not just um at home you know um academic wise Mm -hmm. but also with friends how are you doing or are they getting bullied uh, especially bullying oh have you ever been bullied yes i've been bullied like i've been bullied I could say honestly my whole life I've been bullied. Really? Mm-hmm. I've been bullied for like things like my clothes, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we wore a school uniform and every other kid they would they could say they probably had like a shirt for every day of the week. But for me, I had like probably three shirts. Same. And I better wash that shirt in between and if I don't, you know what I'm saying? I had hand me downs and exactly. stuff. Exactly. My shoes most of the time was my older brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the brother. I thought you were about to say sister. <laughs> I didn't have my older brother. It was my older brother shit. And it was like, um, as I'm looking back at the pictures and I'm looking at like, I'm like, why am I wearing these boy clothes? Right. Like, you know but saying? it's like, that was your resource, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I honestly didn't give anyone the chance to bully me. Like, I adopted this persona that... I'm big and bad. Like, I'm honestly a shy person. I'm cool with people that I'm cool with. I'm comfortable. You'll see my outgoing side. But growing up, I had to adopt that. Mind you, my sister, we're not too far off. So when I was in school, she was in school too. And she was the type of person that she was popular. I wasn't popular, but I liked being around the weird kids. But she was popular. So they knew not to mess with me. But when she would leave school, I could notice the shift. Like, okay, they about to try to come at me. So I had to adopt this persona that... I don't care who I need to fight. I don't care who I need to cuss out. I walked around. My job was skinny, wore glasses, had braided bangs. Like, I looked like a victim, honestly. Like, I looked like a bully victim, I promise you. But because I had that tone or I had that aura, like, you're not about to mess with me. Like, you're not going to bully me. 
I was the one in the, then bullying the people that would that bully, bully my friends. Yeah. Like, because I hung around people that weren't popular. Yeah. So I adopted that. And the thing is, with trauma, because I adopted that thing to stick up for myself, that persona, I feel like it followed me through life. And yeah. now it's, like, stuck to me. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Because me, I was never a tough person. I was more of a shy, timid. I ain't gonna mess yeah. with you. You don't mess with yeah. me. Just leave me alone. But, like, I feel like that's why got me bullied a lot people were bullied from bullying me for the clothes that i wore right because you wouldn't say nothing exactly and i wouldn't say nothing about it because it was like i was seeing that at home seeing that tongue while at home right and i was like i don't want to come to school and fight yeah i'm seeing this at home this is not what the hell i want to do at school so it was like people bully me for my nose people were bullied bully me for all of that and honestly i would say that that really like bullying could really like bully they're lucky that it didn't take me over the edge like, yeah because kids be like, saying some wild ass shit like very <laughs> they be wild as fuck very and it's like you never know what people going through at home right that had took me over the edge and i decided to come to school and like do something yeah or hurt yourself in the process yeah and even you know none of you even said that that's where it resulted in i would hurt myself like mm-hmm. i seen my mother doing that self-harm so i started doing it to myself mm-hmm. the first time that i ever cut i cut my wrist and mm-hmm. honestly i would say it was more of like it hurt but it felt good it was like a relief yeah yeah it felt i like felt relieving. that and it was like so i did it once then i did it and i did it until it comes to the point where i would use that as an escape from what i was going through my own trauma and stuff like that and so it's like parents don't understand that it starts with the kids Mm -hmm. it really don't start with the kids because i like to call it the hand of trauma because you passing the hand down right and i feel like in white families they pass down businesses and um, financial stability they pass down so much and I'm not talking about the trailer trash. I'm talking about the common white people. They want their, they know their kid has to succeed. Mm -hmm. You're going to let the white race down if you don't succeed. Black people, it's like they live in the now. Like they live like right now. They don't think about the future. They don't set up um, generational wealth. They don't set up college funds. They have all these kids and none of these, these kids have to go to work and work at a job that they don't like because their parents didn't set up a college fund for them. Like, Some of them be put, some black people be putting their kids' names on the light bill. <laughs> like y'all be setting y'all kids up for failure, and I'm telling you, like exactly. it it travels with them to adulthood. And then if they're older now, they're adults, and they don't know what, about credit cards. They don't know about finance and stuff. They don't know about any. They don't have any financial literacy. It it's your fault. I'm sorry. It is. Yeah, we can go out and try to do the work, but why do we have to wait till we're like 20, 23, 24? To do it when our parents are supposed to be there as parents to yeah. teach us all that stuff. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't think that they get that because nobody taught them. Yeah, it's passed down. It's the, exactly. the only thing they can pass down is generational trauma, bro. That's why I call it the hand of trauma. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and they be slapping the hell out of black people, I swear. We pass down, we pass down that hand, right? We don't pass down that generational wealth. We don't pass down the businesses. We don't pass down the property. We passed down the trauma. You get my trauma. You get my trauma, my grandma trauma, my great great grandma trauma. Like, and it's sad because there's a lot on a kid. Mm-hmm. And it be, you know, black people, they be having big families. Yeah. How all your kids are traumatized? Oh, oh, you don't think that's a problem? Exactly. All of them. Exactly. And I don't think, I don't think they pay attention to that. They like, don't. Because they're just like, worried about their life. 
as we acting out. Yeah, we're we, bad kids. We, exactly. When when in reality, when in reality is something is wrong. You know, mm-hmm. shit. I'm depressed. I'm and then depressed. they beat they beat them. Like you get whoopings for acting out, but why am I acting out? Like get to the root of the problem. That's one thing I want to speak on. I do not. Okay, I feel like there's a big difference between a whooping and beating the shit out of somebody. I don't believe that as a parent, you should beat the shit out of your child. There's no reason why you literally fighting your child as if that's an adult. <laughs> bro, they be going ham like, <laughs> especially Africans, <laughs> man. Uh-uh, the stories I could tell. Because I have so much stories. I have so much stories. But it's like, there's no reason you fighting me like I'm a person on the street. <laughs> See, I agree with you. But me personally, just, I don't know, I'll... When I have kids, I don't want to hit them. Like, I don't believe in spankings and stuff because that honestly does not do anything. And me, I don't, how I see it, no grown up should be hitting. I don't care if you feel like you didn't hit them that hard. Yeah. You shouldn't equate if you do something bad, you're going to get hurt. Like, Mm -hmm. don't, I don't feel like adults should be hitting kids, period. Because some of them be letting their frustration out on their kids. Like, it's abuse. And a lot of times in the black community, it's not whoopings, it's literally abuse. Belts, uh, hangers, yes, sticks. sticks, Like like, the stories that black kids can tell is just sad. You know the sad part about it? We joke about it. You you have to laugh about your trauma now. (laughs) Otherwise, we're just gonna be sad people just walking around. (laughs) Joke about who got the best ass whooping. Mm -hmm. Like we would literally try to top each other's story. Like oh, my mother beat me with a broom. Oh, my mother beat me with a stone. Like but you know, (laughs) you know. Not that we getting stoned at six years old. <laughs> but you know, the common theme is that we still did the bad stuff. We just were more sneaky with it. Like, we, yeah. we knew not to get caught because we knew what would happen. Yeah. But that didn't stop the behavior, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, honestly, it boils down to communication. And yeah. that's why a lot of kids don't know how to communicate their trauma. They don't know how to talk about that trauma because we don't talk about it. It's like, oh, especially the saying, oh, let me give you something to cry for. First yeah. of all, I'm crying for already. Yeah. Like, there's a reason I'm crying. So why the hell are you gonna give me something to cry for? You know what I'm saying? And on like, on top of that, parents once they like abuse their kids, cause that's what. It- they don't even apologize. Like, they never go back and be like, I'm sorry, I lost my anger or whatever, or I put my hands on you. Yeah, like, they just, and you internalize, like, okay, that's, if somebody do me bad, like, as long as they come back and give me some sort of uh, reward or we're cool again, it's good. Yeah. No, that person just abused you. They hurt you. Yeah. So. I, I would say for me, that showed up for me um, emotionally mm-hmm. in my relationship. I knew this dude was cheating. I knew it. Deep down, I knew in my gut that he was doing me wrong. But mm-hmm. it was like, and I had the evidence. I seen the evidence. But for me, it was like when I pull him up on it and I tell him about how I was feeling, he would invalidate that by gaslighting. Yeah, gaslighting me. And he would tell me like, oh, no, it's not that or it's not this. And da 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 And then I would say, okay, well, he apologized, you know. Because that's how we, yeah, that's how we internalize it from our parents. In to do that, you. And especially in communities where it is high in violence and mm-hmm. high in crime, um, people don't understand that for a kid, especially to lose a classmate to violence or to lose a parent, a cousin, an uncle to um, mm-hmm. some type of violence, that does a lot to a kid. And 
you that kid was not the direct source of the trauma they was not the direct victim but they still was a victim because mm -hmm. it's like they still feel that um, that pain from you know what i'm saying and we don't talk about that we don't offer mental health like right i went to um when i moved here to iowa i went to a school that it was predominantly white i probably would count how many black kids we had on my hand mm -hmm. like it was predominantly white but every time something major happened whether it was a bomb threat whether it was um a shooting mm -hmm. or um attempted shooting because it was never a shooting at the school but um a threat to shoot you know what i'm saying um they always offer offered like in homeroom sometimes so to come and talk to yeah. you or offer you some type of consolement like come speak to the counselor if you know if it affected you in some way but you don't see that in black school you don't you don't see that it is like they don't even they just go about it like as if it was just it happened they don't even have an announcement about it no moment of silence mm -hmm. It happened. Y'all better come to school and learn. Exactly. And that honestly changes the perspective of a kid because it's like they battle up those emotions. They don't know how to express themselves. They don't know how to right. express that trauma. And so even just talking about that and expressing your trauma, some things that come from trauma, um, PTSD. Yeah. A lot of kids deal with PTSD. Should I deal with PTSD? Right. For, for the longest, I'm not even going to lie. I could not be around an adult man. I could mm -hmm. not be around um, a person or even a male at that. I could feel in some type of way mm -hmm. because of what I went through. Um, and I like to say I have daddy and mommy issues. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of people have daddy issues. I have daddy and mommy issues. Like, with daddy issues, um, I look for that love that I wanted from my dad in other people, in mm -hmm. other um, men and stuff. And then it's like, with my mommy issues, I didn't trust women. Yeah. I didn't trust girls in my life. So I never had friends. A word, up. yeah. I never had, you know, that close best friend. I never had... Um, it was because I didn't learn how to... Be a um, good friend or... Yeah, I didn't learn how to be a good friend. I didn't learn how to, you know, have those relationships with women because I didn't even have that relationship with, with my mom. Yeah. And it was like, my that side of the family the women didn't take the time to get to know me so it was like i didn't have those relationships with with women that i feel like i should have established at a young age in order to have those friendships and stuff so right um it was my defense mechanism to the fact that i couldn't trust my mother so i feel like i couldn't trust any other like girl in my life or friend in my life and how like that i'm what excuse me it's only now that i'm what 22 years old that i'm realizing that matters like it matters to have that friend but that, good friends too yeah, yeah quality what's it called quality is over quantity because i've been in that situation where i had a big group of friends and one by one yeah. they start showing themselves there's no way that this person that i call my sister in high school me dirty yeah but they do yeah that, yeah. that is true it, it do even now like i'm starting to realize that I was not a good friend, so it's helping me to realize what's a good friend. Accountability, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having accountability for my own wrongdoings. And I know the times where I could have been a better friend. Right. But now I'm able to understand that you're not being a good friend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know how that looks. And so, um, honestly, I feel like trauma affects a lot. Trauma affects your relationships. It mm -hmm. affects the way you 
go about school, it affects the way that, you know, just everything, trauma really affects you. And then even like you get symptoms like PTSD, major depressive. Like for me, when I went to therapy and this lady was listening off my stuff, I'm like, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> That's me right there. <laughs> and it's like, she's like, yeah, you have PTSD, you have um, general anxiety disorder, you have um, major depression disorder. You have All fear. coming from childhood, like that shit is sad as fuck. Like yeah. that shit is so sad. Me with trauma and love how it affected love is like growing up i never seen real love like in my immediate family with my sisters when they were with their boyfriends with my mom when she was with different partners i never experienced seeing real love so growing up when it how it relates to men and the guys i chose it's not that I came across all assholes or all fuckboys. No, I came across good men too. But it was like the you fucked up part. Yeah, I couldn't handle yeah. the good men because I was still in my traumatized phase. Like I didn't yeah. want to listen to them. I didn't want to hear none of that shit. And then with the bad guys, it was like, okay, I'm used to that. I'm used to you hurting a woman. Exactly. So I'm yeah. going to stay here because it's more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Not no more. Like that's why it's good to do your your uh, work on yourself and shadow work because you realize what you will and will not take and what's right and what's wrong like mm-hmm. i think it's um probably my second episode of my third episode i do recommend that you guys go and watch that episode because shadow work is very important mm-hmm. and um as i reiterated in the episode shadow work is understanding those traumas understanding those insecurities jealousy whatever it is those traits that um hindering you from aligning with your true self and so I do recommend that you guys go listen to the episode and do your shadow work. You know, get in tune with yourself. Understand mm. what you love. Understand yourself. Because it's like, once you... Nothing else in this world matter but you. Your relationships don't matter. Nothing else matter but you. Because when you're not in your true self, when you're not, you know, in your right state... When you don't love yourself. Exactly. You can't expect love from anywhere. Your job, your boyfriend, your yep. girlfriend anywhere because you're always going to internalize it like is this real love like you're always going to second guess and Mm -hmm. self-doubt so you gotta love yourself that that's major major thing to trauma is you have to love yourself and part of loving yourself is doing the The work do the work do the work and do the work and shadow work can be scary too it is but you have to keep going yeah you have to keep going when i first started shadow work I could say that, like, when I started noticing stuff about me, I would say that it was scary, but it was, like, it was kind of, like, it made me realize that, damn, like, it was only scary because I started thinking, like, am I really this messed up? Yeah, like, Like, when you're living in there, you don't realize this is what you're doing or this is how you act towards Mm -hmm. other, yeah. And it's like, am I really like this? Like, so... That's why I feel like a lot of people don't get into doing the work or taking that accountability or understanding themselves because it's easier to not do that. It's right. easier just to go Avoid about mm-hmm. um, doing your same ways. And um, I feel like that's why a lot of people are angry. A lot of women are angry. And we feel like we have to externalize that anger into our job, externalize right. that into our kids, externalize that and it, people don't understand that the way your kid acts towards you is how you treated them going up. Exactly. Because kids don't just 
automatically say, oh, I don't mess with you. And you when you're asking a uh, old folks home, <laughs> don't get, don't be like, oh, why are you love? No, because you treated that ch- your child like shit. Exactly. We don't. They don't understand. Most parents don't understand that the way your relationship is with your child today has so much to do with how it was growing. Right. And until we able to honestly realize that and um what you call it step into that and you know take your sister's hand like i feel like a lot of us work against each other we work can we please get into black women right let's get into can we pl- let's get into that the competition in this community is too much it's way too high when i tell you okay growing up i'm gonna get a uh, quick background I've never felt like I fit in with black girls. And when I talk about black girls, I'm talking about like the stereotypical black girls, the ones that get their nails done, their hair done, their makeup, all that. I was with them white people and I was not whitewashed. I act and talk how I talk now. And then people never made me feel different. I would go into events with different, uh, with white people. I never felt excluded. I met their families. I never felt different. But it was like, once I started befriending black girls, that's when I started wearing weave. My mom did not put weave in my hair. She did not believe in it. Yeah. Your girl had hang time, okay? <laughs> so my mom did not believe in it at all, but I had to beg her for weave to fit in with my um, black friends. I, I could sense the jealousy. I could sense the competition. Like, it was just, it's a weird dynamic with black women. And I'm not saying all, because I've come across good black, fr- like yeah, Shamika, she's yeah. a black woman. She's a great friend. But it's like, certain black girls there's always competition i'll be the only there'll be one black girl at a job that i worked at with majority white people and it will be competition between me and you yeah. girl we're supposed oh, to be like here exactly it's me and you and yeah saying, you point us into competition now they're thinking that we against each other and they're gonna play that to they the want country. that and then you over here falling for it. it's like exactly. I, I just noticed that like mm-hmm. there's a lot of competition with black women we we talk about each other's features we talk about the money how much my bundles uh is yeah. oh my my coochie better than your it's just too much and it's like nobody speaks about that y'all want to uplift black women when other races are talking about us but y'all don't want to talk about the issues within the own our own community see i feel like i really got into sisterhood and understanding sisterhood recently because i like i said i never had much friends i was always to myself never Mm. you know really talk to girls like that because of that competition because of the and me, I'm the type of friend now where I, if you don't have the hair, girl, let me look in my closet. I mm-hmm. have the hair for you. You know what I'm saying? If right. you don't have that outfit, let me look and see why I got I got you. Um, if you don't have the money, I got you. We'll split mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? I'm that type of friend. And I've never come across a person who has, and honestly, I ain't going to lie to you, peace. When I met you, it was like, I felt like you matched my energy because mm-hmm. it was like, you was doing for me to for you yeah. and i was like okay i could get into that I right could, you know what i'm saying like yeah <laughs> that toxic dynamic where i feel like it's me against you yeah like, like it's a problem or like underlining jealousy or like envy it's there it's always there and they'll say listen a little snippet yes listen listen to listen, the comments, listen to the comments. cuz them jokes have some serious tone underneath it, i'm telling Definitely. you and when it comes how you can tell if a bitch your sorry about this word, but a bitch is your real friend is when it comes to niggas. Them girls that act different from the dudes. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've dealt, I've let it pass, and then later on the line, you we're not friends. About, yeah. yeah. But them girls that are digmatized or care about male attention so much that they will put you under the bus, talk about this and that in front of dudes just to make themselves higher up. 
I'm telling you, stay away from them. But it's just like there's there's a big problem with black women and sister. What would you call it? Yeah, yeah, sisterhood. sisterhood. And I don't understand why when we're literally it's black women versus everybody, including exactly. black men. Yeah. Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us don't understand that. And I, and I say us because I didn't understand that. First. I didn't yeah, understand. I'll, yeah. I didn't understand that I needed a sister. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I needed that sisterhood, and it was like. For me, it wasn't that I was jealous or I was, you know, um, insecure around my friends or, you know, made it like where we was in competition. For me, it was more of, um, how do I want to say this? So for me, it was more like if I feel like something going wrong, like if you're not... If you don't meet my standards, then you're not my sister. But I had to realize that sisterhood is messy. Yeah. It's very messy. You're not the same person as me. You yeah. have your own stuff you're going through. I have my own stuff I'm going through. And we come together to merge. And right. Merge as one. And it's like you have to be there for your sister. You have to be there. I agree. To, to pick her up when nobody else is picking her up. Exactly. Because it's like. When and it's vice versa. Mom, mm-hmm. You want that person to do it for you. So that's something that I feel like needs to be addressed is the fact that we have all been traumatized by something even if it's just even if you have not like say you have not gone through any specific trauma where Mm -hmm. like you know sexual abuse or domestic violence or anything like that somebody did them wrong yeah it might have been not to that extent Mm -hmm. but somebody definitely did you wrong yeah the world is literally on our backs and it's like if i don't know I don't know anything else that will make two people come together than that. Than like, that, yep. Mm-hmm. I just we just we definitely need to um, pay attention to that and pay attention to the fact that we need our sisters. Yeah, we come together, them. honestly. Mm-hmm. Because it's like I feel I think our black woman is empresses. And an empress is a queen, a god. And I'm a Virgo, and that's basically the second name for a Virgo is an empress. That's where I get my idea from for my business. But mm-hmm. um, the second name for a Virgo is an empress, and it embodies true a true queen. But and do you think all black women? I Of course. All of black course. women. I feel like every black woman is a queen. <laughs> because if you think about it, I feel like we have our ways, but if we really sit with our trauma and walk through that and do the shadow walk yeah come together mm-hmm. you know how powerful we could be but that's what exactly what you said the women i agree but i feel like the women that are willing to do the work exactly. that take accountability are queens the ones that they know they have a problem and they know they should fix it and don't because that's just the way i am you can take it or leave it there are women black women out there like that i'm sorry you're not a queen the See, girls that are trying to level up and literally do the work, the shadow work, and everything to better themselves for generational, their generation wealth and to come. Those are queens because you're trying to um, better yourself. You're trying to help yourself and later on down the line, your children. Mm-hmm. But if you're stuck in your ways and you know you have a lot of negative traits about you and you're just sitting on that because that's how I am and you can take it or, or leave it, you're not a queen, sis. I'm sorry. Okay, so Period. I, I feel like for me, Okay, so how I look at it, <laughs> we are queens trapped in a cage. At that mm-hmm. person, that because I was that girl. Mm-hmm. So Same. and I didn't. Okay, I'll change it. Okay, you see, because so I, I was that girl. But I changed. You wanted to do the work, and I want to do the I work. Did, but before I didn't want to. Yeah. Before I was stuck in my ways. If I had an attitude, I don't care what you take. Yeah. That's you. 
that's what you think. I that's do true. not care. But I feel like we all are queens. And granted, some of us have our queendom trapped in a cage within mm-hmm. us. We just need that right person to bring it out. You need that right sister. You need that right person to mm-hmm. say, here, take my hand and walk with me. I'm yeah. figuring out my shit. And I want you to figure uh, out Yeah, I want to help you with yours yeah, too. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like. But you're going to have to be willing to take the hand too. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you have to be willing to take that hand. And that's what I'm your problem. That's yeah. Problem. <laughs> y'all want to stay in that, that uh, gated ass community and y'all don't want to come out and help out. the rest of your sisters. Come out. We are inviting you. Come out. Pay attention and come out to that environment. Come out to that caged. Come out to your caged heart and open your heart to allowing your sisters to love you because i promise you once you do that you're going to truly embody that form of a queen and that's when when we all come together i promise you we could be so powerful because if you look at it we We create everything i don't care what nobody said we create the trends we create the hairstyles everything come from black women Mm -hmm. even I ain't even gonna go there, but no, we we I ain't trying. I can't even get canceled. I don't even have no platform. But I'm just saying, a lot of everybody gets their stuff from black women, but we get stomped on for other people to get uplifted. Yeah. And then we stomp on each other to and get I ahead. Our men stomp on us. And we can talk about it right now. Okay. <laughs> Let me say this yes. real quick. I don't have a problem. Like I don't. I, I want people to understand, especially black men, majority of black women do not care if you day outside your race. No one cares. Yeah, really. Literally, I don't even give I don't even care when y'all talk about uh black women this and that, when y'all uplifting white girls or black or um Asians or whatever. Yeah. It's the self hate. You're sounding stupid. If you're in a interracial relationship and you love that person, no one cares about their skin color. Exactly. There's some black women that might have a problem because they're they're all about black love. If you're in love, it shouldn't matter what the other person's saying. Y'all shouldn't even be responding to that. But it gets to the point where you're talking about, oh, I went outside my race because black women this but talk about how you like that person. Don't talk about black women. Yeah. That's why I don't even take it to heart when I hear that because it's like yeah, it's like y'all put all y'all say y'all don't want to allow black women. Y'all don't want a woman that's aggressive. Y'all don't want this and that. But y'all ignore the black girls that like anime. Y'all ignore the black girls that are timid. Y'all exactly. uh, ignore the black girls that are creative. Y'all go for the girls that are those stereotypes and then get and then complain when y'all get the same results. You know what? Let's talk about that because drops I, mic. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man. I meet somebody right, mm-hmm. and me and him was talking, and you know we kind of hit this off, and it wasn't I wasn't looking for anything like serious or nothing like that, mm-hmm. but it was just like we was talking. And he kind of make a statement, and he was like, you cool. And I'm like, okay, what were you expecting? Like, And he was like, I don't know. So we ended up talking about, you know, dating outside your race and stuff like that. And he was essentially... Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just telling me that um, basically for a black girl, my energy is cool. And I'm like... For a black girl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... So what was you expecting? Like, you know what I'm saying? He oh, he said for a black you as a black girl, yes, you're a cool my black girl. Was cool, and I'm like, okay. So what were you expecting from me? Like, was you expecting me to be loud? Was you? Yep. Expect, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like they stigmatize all black, black women. women yeah. Um, when in reality, some of us are not traumatized, and even the ones that is, most of them 
you know they have that personality they have that depth to them yeah but they just need that added um oomph to bring yeah. it out they need that added extra help to bring it out and um i don't feel like you should get out from a relationship but i also would say that don't stigmatize everybody based off of you know certain situations that you've been in like, facts they have know. all black women under one umbrella and it's like there's different there's emo black girls there's rocker black girls there's country black girls i love country hits Mm -hmm. there's caribbean black girls there's african black girls we're all raised differently but y'all put everything under one umbrella and that's my biggest issue like i don't like being compared to the girl the stereotypical black girl because i'm not the stereotypical black girl especially if you got attitude they expect you not but they be saying shit that pisses me off let me tell you something <laughs> if you say something that irritates me and i get irritated how is it my fault that i got irritated like how do i have attitude and now i'm the stereotypical like, atti- you know what i'm saying yeah like, i'm allowed to have an attitude i'm allowed to have those feelings I'm you said some dumb shit like but i want to get back to what you said you said he said he told you that for a black girl you're cool let me tell y'all this some black men do that they try to compliment you on the behalf or to down to down put to put down other black women yeah like i've got i've had the same thing oh you're not loud you're pretty chill you're this yeah and i'll be checking them because what do you mean like what do you oh most black girls okay but why are you trying to what does that have to do with me you know they don't judge you off for you as a person unless you show them that oh you're different but y'all don't even give people a chance when you come up to me trying to talk to me you probably already have it in your mind that i'm gonna roll my eyes i'm gonna talk loud i'm gonna cuss you no y'all have to get to know people before y'all make judgments but don't do that thing where you you uplift me to down put another black girl because that's not good that shows me a lot about you exactly because one if i do one little thing that reminds you of a stereotypical no, black girl I'm you're out, i'm out the door i'm done like <laughs> it's over for me so let's not do that just get to know yeah. black girl we're people like we're humans at the end of the day and we come in all different fonts like we all like different things y'all cannot put black girls under one one umbrella and not expect us to get upset about it. But I stand by what I say. Y'all need y'all keep getting the same result. And I'm not, I'm for black love, but again, I'm for love, period. Whether you fall in love with another man, whether you fall in love with a well, not no animal, but <laughs> if you fall in love with a pink, blue, whatever, purple person, as long as there's real love, it doesn't I don't like I don't feel like it should be an issue yeah. again y'all go on the internet y'all let the internet ru- rule y'all lives like y'all will see black women talking about how this athlete is dating a white woman and be like oh all black women have a problem but y'all don't say anything when black uh, women are dating white men yeah when i tell you it don't matter the because i've dated outside my race too if you attract trash people they're trash in all colors or all yeah. races it doesn't matter mm-hmm. but if you generally fall for people because of who they are then it doesn't matter what they are like and honestly it boils down to hot people hot people yeah let's be very serious i can't be hot and make you feel like the best thing in the world because mm-hmm. come on now i'm hot I, I don't even know and that honestly is where you see the cycle of trauma mm-hmm. and the cycle of trauma starts off with a victim or a witness right so either you was a victim of a trauma or you witnessed something happening and then now from there 
you have the unhealed traumatic wound, right? Mm -hmm. And then from the unhealed traumatic wound, it leads to poor communication because now you're not talking about that. And then from the poor communication, now you become the inflictor. Right. And then you inflict that onto somebody else and now you have another victim. So yeah. it's like, it's a cycle. We're going in a cycle and we don't take the time to stop at us. Mm -hmm. We don't take the time to actually... Heal from that first hurt mm -hmm. before we get into another situation. Exactly. But I don't agree with the hurt. I know it is this. Like, I agree it happens. But I don't agree with people hurting other people. Like, the hurt people hurt people narrative annoys me. Because if you somebody hurts you, why not just go hurt the person that level up and get back with that person and hurt them? Why are y'all hurting somebody that had nothing to do with the previous person? Yeah, I've, double, I've done that. I've been hurt and I hurt the next person. And I'm just thinking that's a stupid thing to do because yeah. this person, they didn't even give, you didn't even give them a chance to hurt you. Exactly. Like you're literally just going off of what your past relationship was. You know what? Speaking of that, I had um, somebody, we were really good friends and um, it was a guy and we was really good friends. And um, <clears throat> honestly, I started to notice things that he was doing and I felt like he was like, you know, coming off in a way that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. So I just cut him off. And so then one day he texted me, I was like, what's up? Like, we was good friends. Why you, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, the reason I did that was because I noticed this. I didn't want you to hurt me. So I just cut you before off he before he could, yeah. get a chance to do it. And that's where you end up hurting people because you don't give them that it's, chance. Yeah, you like. Give them the explanation that they need. So it's like, with stuff like that, you need to, um, honestly, communicate communicate what you have going on communicate how you feeling communicate your emotions because i can't read your mind you know yeah good communication is key it. yeah and if you're not communicating you can't expect anybody to understand anything that nobody you can read your mind they definitely cannot nobody can read your mind but yeah so just on that i feel like in the black community we need to Pay attention to those traumas. We need mm -hmm. to pay attention to those resources. And I'm also going to drop those resources in a link because I feel like there's a lot of resources we don't know about. Like, for instance, NAMI. I just learned about NAMI. And it's um, basically um, an organization that believes in mental health. Mm -hmm. They offer free therapy. In they the black community or everywhere? Everywhere. Okay. And there's... Um, Black Girls Therapy. Um, there's podcasts. There's a podcast yes. called there too, yeah. Black Girls Therapy. Tap into that. It's on Spotify. Trust me. You will definitely love it. And also Shamika's podcast, Talk Your Shit Sis, because she definitely dives into that. Okay. Period. Get into it. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's a lot of resources. And even, you just have to look. Yeah. You have to be willing Do to the work. Yeah. resources. And, and, and I thought that, you know, therapy wasn't for me because, um... They was they didn't look like me. They was not like yeah. me. But when I actually wanted to do the work and I started looking, I was finding so much books, so much podcasts, so much resources. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's one thing we need to do is tap into those resources, tap into your inner self, tap into your right. sister, your inner child too. Exactly. Yeah. And talk with your family. Mm -hmm. Talk about trauma because ignoring it ain't gonna do nothing. Ignoring it is not going to help. Ignoring it is not going to solve it, and ignoring it is not going to make it go away. That's basically you point a bandit and a gunshot wound. When you take the bandit off, you're still gonna bleed to death. So <laughs> bleeding out. Like. <laughs> so oh. get into it, guys. Get into learning yourself and learning all of that. So, 
Um, yeah, we kind of reached the time, but you have anything you want to leave off before we go? Um, any advice you want to give to any girls out there or just on therapy and trauma or anything? What do you want to leave us off with? Um, my advice to the young black girls, because I'm talking to black girls, yeah. young, old, adult, my advice is to when you're doing your um, shadow work or when you're doing the inner work to change, they're, the people around you are going to change as well. Like, they're not going to understand why you're trying to better yourself. They're not going to understand why you're acting different. To them, you're fake or you're doing something that they're not used to because they're used to your old self. Do don't let, yeah, do not let that deter you from your healing. Don't let that stop you from bettering yourself and being content with you and your mind and your own health. So that's my biggest advice because it happens. People are going to, the people in your life now, Nine times out of ten, they're not meant to be there. Like, they're just there for your past self. Yeah, exactly. And it's okay. You can cry about it and still do the work because it's worth it at the end of the day. Exactly. I love that. Um, that's definitely is true. Mm-hmm. Things around you is going to change. And people around you is going to change. Um, do not let that stop you from doing the work. And do not let these people talk you into feel like you... Thinking that you're better than them. Because, baby, if you feel like you're better than them, then so... And that's their problem. That ain't never been your problem, period. And so, um, do the work, tap into yourself, cut off who you need to cut off, and, you know, just really understand that therapy is important. Mm -hmm. And talk to your kids. Talk to them and tell them the importance of therapy. Tell them the importance of trauma and let them know that you could come to me because at the end of the day, that's all our kid want. That's all your sister want. Be there for each other because at the end of the day, we only have each other. Oh, one more thing. Sorry. Also, I already forgot what I was about to say. (laughs) Also, don't. Oh, yeah. Cut out things that will make you um, resolve back to triggers. Yeah, cut out triggers that will make you turn into your bad self or your unhealthy self. Cut those things out. Yeah. Whether it's your job, your your boyfriend, sex. whether it's yep, sex, whether it's drinking, smoking. If you know you're going to return back to the old person that you're trying to run away from, cut that out. I'm telling you, it's not worth it. So. All right, ladies, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And I hope you guys got a lot of information on this episode. Because like I said, trauma is really important to me. And is something that we as a black community need to focus on. And we need to talk more about. Mm-hmm. Because we really don't have em- enough exposure to it. And take the time to listen to your family, listen to your siblings. And take this information, take what resonates, leave what don't, and try everything. Don't say something is not for you until you try it. You don't know if therapy is for you until you try it. Right. Give it a try. And if it don't work, there's more options. Mm-hmm. But at least you try. So, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And ladies, remember, always, always, always talk to your Yo, shit, period. Bye, guys. <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, if you found this episode interesting, go ahead and share it with a friend, a family, or just anybody you feel could benefit from this episode. Also, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at TalkYourShitSis with two S's if you want to connect on a deeper level or you have a topic you would like me to cover on a show. See you guys on the next episode. And ladies, remember, always, 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 Talk your shit, sis.